I personally believe a little bit of vulnerability allows us to connect and it mm -hmm. allows, we want to know the people we aspire to, the people we listen to are human. They are mm -hmm. not a robot who is perfect, right? Yeah. So I thought this was a very nice opportunity and I, I really appreciate that. You are listening to Next Up Nation, where leaders and influencers dish their secrets to inform, inspire, and entertain serious podcasters with host Tiffany Youngren. Get ready to hear at least one way to attract more loyal listeners and profit from your podcast. Remember, though, none of what we say can help you if you don't take action. So let's make it easy. If you're new to the show, go to nextupnation.com slash listener for show notes and a free podcast budget worksheet. For our loyal listeners who want to stop dabbling and start dominating, visit nextupnation.com slash get started to learn more about how we can help you hit your targets in the next 100 days. Now here's the show. Hey there, I am Tiffany Youngren, host of Next Up Nation, where we help podcasters and YouTubers with vision become preeminent thought leaders in their industries. You are about to have the incredible opportunity to listen as we dig into the why, who, and what of a podcaster show. Then at the end, we're going to identify one powerful how, one action that he can take for, the, for results in the next 30 days. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Herbert Innocent, host of The Virtual Entrepreneur. Hey, Herbert. Hello, Tiffany. How are you? <laughs> good. Thank you so much for coming. So glad to be here. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, good, good. Um, me too. Well, The Virtual Entrepreneur, it has released 80, over 80 episodes since February of 2021 until today, which is May 25th, 2021. That's the day of this recording. Herbert is an entrepreneur who enjoys building businesses. He uses his knowledge and experience to empower small business owners to grow their businesses and make communities a better place with more opportunities. Well, Herbert, before we get into this, um, everyone's about to hear your awesome accent. Now where you're from, is not going to be an accent at all, but, um, I know for me it is. So can you just share a little bit about like where you're from and why you started the virtual entrepreneur? Okay. So, <clears throat> Uh, right now, as we're recording, I'm actually from the west side of Ireland in a small little county called Sligo. Uh, it's a very green place, you know, uh, small, very few people, uh, just about 15,000, I think. Um, and so why I got started is, you know, I've always had the passion for building. But in order to build uh, in the world, and the reason why I wanted to build was I wanted to empower people uh, from the youngest age. Uh, I saw what technology could do for people, right? I saw how uh, just using small appliances, people were able to do much more. So I wanted to build, but there was a problem with building. Building technology and building businesses are two very different things. You can build great technology, but if you don't have the business mindset to bring it to people, it just dies out. And I first had this experience when I was in high school. I had built a very beautiful project with my best friend, which was an automatic door for people with disabilities, people in a wheelchair. And the door was meant to be opened with a wristband so that the person with a disability doesn't have to reach out for the door because it's very hard when you're sitting on a wheelchair trying to open the door. But I quickly saw that my inability to sell that product to the judges, to sell it to the community, put me back. Whereas a simple project of someone else, which they were doing, which didn't seem to help 
as people needed as my project got much of the attention and I was puzzled by this idea how mm. could everyone have their their attention focus on this project which its importance you can clearly see is down and so since that day at the back of my mind became this idea how do i inspire people to take that positive action to go for that vision that ultimately you know betters our communities betters our environment so that's how i got started in terms of business entrepreneurship and today i'm here on this podcast uh journey and with the same mindset that is you know taking the best action possible i don't know if that fully answers the question of how i got started Oh yeah, 100%. Well, it it really speaks to the why. You know, it's so true. It's like the same goes for anything. I mean, entrepreneurship, you're you're spot on. You can have a product that people need far more. It could be a better product. Uh, and still, it doesn't emerge in the marketplace whereas maybe a, you know, not as good of a product or maybe not as innovative or doesn't work as well. That's the one that makes it and really mm-hmm. gets, you know, gets that traction. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you look at sports, I mean, it's mm. not the best athletes that make mm. it. It's the ones mm. who are in the right position. Mm. I mean, yes, they're, they become the best, but mm. you know, mm-hmm. there are 10 year olds all over the world who are probably yeah. better than yeah. other 10 year olds who mm. could have, you know, done, done a, you know, done better. And same with entertainment. I mean, mm. the best actors aren't always the one that we know of at the top of yeah. our minds. So, Absolutely. so I love that you took that and you went, wait a minute, like, what was the difference? You know, what, mm you know, why, you know, what's the thing that makes one thing succeed and another one just get ignored. So have you, um, so your podcast, you, we were talking earlier and you do it daily, which I think is amazing. Mm. So in such a short amount of time, you've gotten a lot of episodes in. So I'm sure I'm really excited to talk to you because I feel like, you know, doing it helps us learn so much. It gives us better questions Mm -hmm. and it kind of takes us to the point. Like if I talk to somebody who's done like 10 episodes, Mm -hmm. their questions are different. You know, it's, it's just really fundamental, Mm -hmm. you know, things. Whereas, Mm -hmm. um, you've gotten enough episodes under your belt. One question that really keeps sticking in my mind is so from the time that you were like, okay, I have this product um, it didn't succeed as much as like this other one. It didn't get the attention. It's super annoyed. Like I'm annoyed for you, honestly. <laughs> and, um, so with the podcast itself, like, has there been something that you've been able to take action on and overcome what happened with that first product? Or have you been able to find success, um, using some things that you've learned since then? So the way I can describe that experience is ever since I first built that product and it was a a doll, which was fantastic. My best friend and I were very proud where I had worked really well on it, but because it, uh, we learned that it didn't succeed. What happened was we went on into this world with ideas of learning, you know, how to build better products. And we ended up wanting to be entrepreneurs. And so from there, I started learning to build businesses and, one of my first business that clicked, that showed me, aha, this is what is the difference, was a business actually in photography, which is far from what uh, I normally would have loved doing, which was engineering. My background is in engineering, biomedical engineering. And so there was this surprise, even though I loved photography as a passion, I was doing it for the passion, but I did it accidentally. I accidentally stumbled on an approach that worked. And what I was doing was I was taking photos 
and I was loving what I was doing so much. I was sharing it with my friends, my colleagues, and they were inviting their friends and their colleagues. And before I knew it, I was getting customers. And before I knew it, businesses wanted to work with me because my colleagues were in businesses and they were in important areas of their businesses. And so I was getting this really important business clients. And in my mind, I'm thinking, what is going on here? (laughs) And so I kept digging deeper and deeper, wanting to get to more of those business clients. And so that's when I began learning about, okay, so the sales process, there's a way of selling a message, a way of selling an idea, but there's also a way of telling a story that sells an idea. But there's also, so I was learning all this business concept because you have to remember, I came from a completely different mindset. That is, you build a product and the product usually, there's a little bit of uh, pitching it, but there's a difference between, you know, when you're pitching to a group of people who are paying attention to you, Versus a group of people who are just busy engaging on their daily lives and social media who have no idea that they need your product in the first place. And so even though I had learned about pitching and all this stuff, I began shifting my mindset from wanting to learn more on how to focus on building to wanting to inspire people to take that positive action. And the mindset moved from creating to basically inspiring. And I think that was the mindset that I learned. And so far from what I can say is I I became very attentive to how other people are doing things, especially if what they're doing had an impact on me. So Mm. for example, I remember my first time buying a sales copy, um, help materials. It was a book and all these things that were helping me learning with sales copywriting. And I remember when I first bought it, they excitement in my heart I remember feeling like it was Christmas and I was like how can this person do this to me how can they inspire me to buy so passionately I was spending money but I had never been so excited to get something into my hands to this day it feels like it it, it felt like Christmas in the middle of the year and I don't and I couldn't and I kept dissecting and I realized it was the stories how you connect how you bridge your customer from the place where they are a place of problems and all these questions to the place where they can be a place Mm. of calm, certainty, clarity, and security, right? A place where they want to be away from all these things. And so I, I became a student of that. And then thinking back to when I started, I realized we were talking about a product Mm. and that's what we did. We were talking about a product. And so even in my podcast, I try to focus and learn and make sure that I connect with my audience. So that has been the goal to really take that message and really refine, reshape and remodel it and fine tune it and make it as clear as possible to my listeners. Mm-hmm. If that I love makes it. Sense. Oh, it makes total sense. Um, and it one thing I really like about what you just said, it's something that I start talking about later in our show. Again, I'll talk about with you again, is what we call the transformation. Like, what are you promising your audience? And I feel like that's an area that you're really strong in. And you can like hearing you talk now when I was listening to your show beforehand to kind of study up for, for our interview. Now, I, I feel like it's connecting. Like, I feel like, oh, okay, that makes total, what you just said makes total sense. Because as I was listening to your show, so uh, it matches up with what you just said. It's like you understand that you want a transformation, you know, and you want them to go from this point to this point in their journey. So, so I really, really like that. And honestly, okay. So I just have to fully disclose 
Um, there's like a hundred things you just said that I just, I, I just want to like talk about your life and how you got there. But um, unfortunately in this show, I have to like stay on task, which is, I promised you that I would have an out, like a, an actionable step for you. So I have to kind of okay. keep the main thing, the main thing as much as I'm tempted just to like go on about it. So we'll have to do that another time. How about that? Yeah, Cause yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, there's a yeah. lot more to this. I know you're super smart. I I'm, I'm glad you brought up the fact I saw that in your bio or, you know, on your website that, um, you do have a background in biomedical engineering. So you kind of glossed over it, but oh my gosh, so good job. Uh, you know, you've already invented something. So, and then you started your photography project and, um, this podcast as well. So if you were to say, like, if someone says, what do you do for a living? What would you tell them? I think, um, I think I, if they if, if if they ask me what I do for a living, I think I'll describe myself as I've become a student of learning to sell ideas, to sell hope and to sell inspiration in hopes of teaching this and basically investigating, learning, researching in hope of sharing what I'm learning, okay. teaching with business owners, right? And so I've taken this step where I have built one uh, actually, I've built uh, two, three businesses. I've built businesses, but I want to go to a student perspective, right? Studying all over, learning it, and then bringing it up to you know a business owner who is studying, who is trying to understand all these. Because we live in a world of a lot of so much information, and I find that sometimes we get pulled up in so many million directions, uh, trying to find our way through all this. And so, what I do for a living. It's a, it's, it's a little tricky to describe it as a job or anything. I mean, I consider myself an entrepreneur, even though I also wrote a book. So I'm an entrepreneur. So it's, I've, so I like. <laughs> let me ask it a different way. Yes. And, um, and you can, I, I don't know, this probably is a terrible way to ask it, but what pays your bills? Like, what is it that you do that pays your bills? Okay. Like, do you have so multiple businesses pays- or. <laughs> so basically, I, I I bring resources that I know works to entrepreneurs, if that makes okay. sense. So yep. I'm bringing guests and resources that I know this works. I have used it. I can put I've put my money where I my mouth is, where I'm what I'm you know, what I'm trying to show you, if that makes so, sense. So, that's so do what you I do. do you provide services to businesses beyond your podcast or is it like you do the podcast, you monetized it and that's how you make a living? So even the podcast itself, I haven't fully monetized because I want the information to be filtered without any distraction, without any noise. Mm-hmm. And essentially what I'm doing is I have services that I have used myself to learn what I'm learning and that I, I'm recommending to my audience because I've seen the impact of the creators. They know what they're doing and I've taken in-depth courses with them and they know exactly. And so I am recommending these as a way of saying, this will bring you clarity in what you're trying to do through your business in, in your business. And in terms of services, it's something that I want to later on add into the future, but that is something that will come after, you know, everything else is settled. I, I think at one point in your podcast, then it makes more sense to bring more resources. But at the beginning, I think it's more of a developing basis for all the audiences so that they can, you know, understand where they're standing in the first place. Okay, perfect. Okay, so in this show, uh, what's going to happen is we're going to talk about the why, who, and what of your show, like I mentioned at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so before we get off of the why part of it, because I mm. feel I feel like 
um, I feel like I understand why you started it mm-hmm. before the show. I had asked, um, you know, what is it that you want out of your show? Mm-hmm. And you had said you wanted to connect small businesses that want to scale with experts and resources to help them succeed. Mm-hmm. Be- so before we wrap up our, why can you just tell me in your own words, I feel like you just said it, but do mm-hmm. you want to answer to that one more time? Just like, um, you know, if, if that was why you, what you want to get out of your show, um, First, tell me um, what that means to you. Okay, so what that means to me, the best way I can describe it is there are many reasons, I suppose, why we do things. But for me, why I'm doing all this is I've come to realize that um, in this world we live in, in these communities we live in, if you really want anything done, you really have to be the one to do it. you can wait for someone else to do it, but there really isn't any guaranteed, any assurance that they'll do it. Um, and I've, I'm a firm believer that sometimes we have an idea and only we can bring that idea in the way that we want it to flourish and to come into being. And now this sounds a little bit outside of business words, but what I mean in, in essence is I think businesses are the tools that shape our communities for better and for worse. And I'm a big believer that if a business can employ local people, if a business can empower the local people, if the business can boost the community of the local people, then that is a good thing because there is more for everyone around. And so what I want for the show, if I was to put it in a simple way, is I want the show to be a source of inspiration for business owners to transform their communities, to build better communities. And all it takes is being able to get more resources that we need. Uh, and I think we live in a world where resource, our, resor- our main form of exchanging resources is money. And so the best way to do that is to learn how to get that more efficiently, ethically, and you know, effectively so that we can grow our businesses. And so my goal essentially is to empower business owners. And I know the struggle that goes with trying to do that over and over and over again. And there's a lot of tools. And there's also other tools that don't work as well, or they work, but maybe they were not tailored to you. You know, we all are different, different aspects. So I want to create a place where when a business owner comes at the end of the day, you know, they've just finished working then uh, on, on their business for the day. They're tuning in, just sitting down, you know, relaxing for the five, maybe 30 minutes and drive inside their car, or maybe they just got home. And they just tune into the episode and they can get one clear thing that if they could do that, it could improve their results. It could improve their business and it could help them get what they want faster. I love it. I think that that's great. And I love how you say, how you explain that businesses can actually change a community by offering opportunities. So that's fantastic. Well, let's, let's move on to who, um, have you, and by who, I mean, uh, your audience, Mm-hmm. I know you're really connected with your audience. So who have you identified as being your ideal listener? So I've identified my ideal listener as if I was to really describe them. We actually did a podcast on this, which was really cool. So a few a week ago, we started talking about the ideal audience and our ideal audience, my ideal audience, I describe him as Bill, right? Okay. Bill as uh, being a 37-year-old uh, man guy who has just started his own business startup uh, in the tech area and it's 
his first business, but when he started, his wife stopped working so she could be with the baby because they also had their newborn, which means their salary has gone down in half. But at the same time, they're only starting to gain customers into their business. And so there's all this struggle with getting their message clear, clarity, so that they can reach more to their customers. And there's also, um, Bill also doesn't fully understand why he's not getting consistency in his customers because some days it's leads and other days not so much leads and what are the key factors playing in all these areas and so my ideal customer will be bill you know a father of a, a new child uh, and a happy husband to a wife and it could also be susan who is the mother who is she's an, an entrepreneur but to start off we are targeting bill and then once we have refined our messages bill then we're going to move on to susan who is going to be the female version of bill but the idea is, as you can see, they already have a business and they are already happy that, you know, he's pursuing his passion. But there's so much worry. Will this work or will I have to go back to the nine to five jobs? And is this the thing? And will it support my family? Will it allow me to have the freedom time to spend time with my child? And all of those questions. Well, this is such a treat. Very rarely am I like, who's your target audience? Even with marketers, they're like, oh, I'd really hate to put it in a box. But I always say, like, if you're not talking to somebody, you're talking to nobody. So yes. uh, the idea that you like, I, I love Bill. I, I think Susan's awesome. So I just could not be happier. So as you're developing content for your show and topics and like what you're going to ask the guest, are you like, is Bill in mind or do you feel like that's kind of the vision. Like, do you, how, um, how, uh, granular do you go with bill as far as planning uh, your show? I like that question. Cause it's one of the few things that, um, as I, as I say, this, the, the this subject really resonates with me at heart. And I, I understand that being able to inspire bills mean means being able to communicate with them at, at an emotional level. And one of the things that I use is there's a form, uh, a, a thought process that I call Bill, Bill's day was. And what this is essential is, it's a, a specific type of question that I ask myself in order to answer specific questions that will help Bill get through to the next stage. So for example, the first question on the, on the thought process is, Bill's day was, and then I feel in an emotion. So I could say it was a little bit uneasy today for Bill. And what I imagine on this thought process is at the end of the day, after a long day of work, what is his day was? How was his day, right? Then I asked that, how, why was his day uneasy? Well, he was looking for new sources of information to drive more traffic to his websites and to his products, but it's still not very clear. There's still quite a lot of noise. There's all these articles, but they all seem to be taking him round and round and really nowhere to end where he can get results. And then I asked the next question, uh, well, how does he feel about that, right? The next question becomes, how does he feel? Then I say here, here I have an, here's an example. Well, he feels a little bit confused, puzzled. He feels like he's being pulled in a million directions, um, which, is making, which is adding to the stress because he really wants to be able to feel stable that he can provide uh, to the family because he wants to feel that love and connection and security. He wants his family to feel that security. And then, but there's so much noise and inconsistency. Then the next question that I ask is, how can you help him with that? And so this next question becomes my opportunity to either create content or to create a very simple message 
ideally this content will address his specific emotions and problem and uh, the the thing that he's on his mind and the goal and the reason why I do that there I find that when I do this and then someone asks me can I be a guest on a show it's very easy to see if Bill's gonna be happy or not because Bill's has been had a really rough day here right and he's really gonna pay attention to this person and their topic and their message given that this was how his day was and I try to do this at the end of uh, sorry at the beginning of each content creation process and so I take that also as my way of making decisions on who is the guest that will best fit our topic. And if the guest doesn't resonate, then the answer is no, I'm sorry. I don't think our audience are going to really resonate. However, if I know somebody else who I know you resonate with, I may then connect them with that person and vice versa. But uh, this is the process I go about in making decisions. Okay. I absolutely, like, I love that so much. Honestly, I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, I could do like a whole interview with you just on that. But instead of that on your show, you said that you have an episode about it. Is it the episode called inside the mind of your ideal customer? So I think, I think the episode is called, I think the best, I think the episode is called, I have several episodes building up onto your customer avatar. And I think one of them is called, I don't remember the names because <laughs> I don't remember the names, but I think I have it here. I think it's called, um, I, like, do you talk about Bill? I just, this is, I feel like this is just gold. This is what you're talking about right now. In fact, uh, what I will do in the show notes, uh, I, I took a lot of notes about what you just said uh-huh. about Bill's uh, thought process. Any podcaster listening to this, if there's anything that you take away from this, like I think when we start talking about Herbert's show, there's going to be a ton that you're going to get away, get get out of it. But before we do, I just think this is a gold mine and just... Um, you know, usually then my next follow-up question, I'm not even going to ask because it has to do with the transformation, which I mentioned earlier, but just understanding that your audience, like no one's going to listen if they don't feel like you're going to change their life, you know, because they're busy. Like you just said, like Bill's busy and he feels pushed and there's all this content coming at him. Like, why would he want to stop and, you know, feel pushed even more? So, so sitting and, and really thinking about, how was his day? Why was his day like that? Why does he feel like that? I mean, you even expanded into like, what's making, what's stopping him from feeling the way that you want him to feel? How do you want him to feel? And how can I help him stop feeling the bad, you know, the first way and then transition into the new feeling? That's the transformation. So I just think, I just think it's beautiful great job. And, um, you know, afterwards, uh, if you, if you can try to send me a couple links, if, if I could only listen to, you know, three episodes about bill or about your process to how you got to creating, uh, speaking to framing your message, I would, I would just love that. And then we can move on to the next part, but do you have anything else to add to that real quick before we move on? Yeah, so if, if 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 that is of use, uh, the three episodes that uh, are, are are basically about your ideal customer, uh, it's actually four episodes. What the first one's called, I know something about you, and then the next one is called the woman in red dress, your customer avatar. Then the next one is keeping hope alive through product innovation, 
And then the episode where I really dive into uh, Bill's day was the, 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 the thought process is called Inside the Mind of Your Ideal Customer. So those are the four uh, episodes that I really look into the customer avatar and I really try to really make them human because it's a human. Mm -hmm. And I think as business owners or entrepreneurs, sometimes the numbers are easier to process but than the fact that the person we are talking to is a human and that's normal. Yeah. But being able to have a simple process that allows us to say, hey, this is a person. Yeah, makes it easier and more beneficial to us in the long run, if that makes sense. I think that makes 100% makes total sense. Now, I, I have to say too, when I interview people for the hot seat, we always have the option of two lanes to be mm -hmm. in. We have the lane of preeminence, which is how do you get more listeners, build more credibility or profit or, or proceeds even. Um, and we're, we're really going to focus on preeminence in this show. Um, so one of the things that you mentioned, you talked about, let's see here. It sounds like you track downloads pretty well. Is that right? So you're kind of like, I want 500,000 downloads or something. And, and before we really dig into that, um, what we were just talking about, there's, there's getting found and there's building an audience, you know? So there's like the people who are like, oh, I found you through web search. And then they go to your show and then they're like, then they make a decision. Am I going to listen to this? Am I not going to listen to this? So uh, if, I love what we just talked about because I feel like it talks all about the, the keeping of the audience and the turning them into part of your tribe, really like part of your ecosystem, you know, per se. So, so I love that, but now we're going to talk a little more about like just getting found, you know, just like that invention that you had, um, you know, there were two things. One was like, how can I get people's attention? And then two is like, how can I keep it? Um, so, mm -hmm. so you mentioned wanting a certain number of downloads. Do you, is that your primary, um, key performance indicator or, uh, and how do you keep track of that? So, at the moment, my podcast is on a lot of different platforms. And honestly, it's really hard to know how the other platforms are doing. Sometimes I'm getting feedback. Sometimes I'm not. And um, sometimes I don't even know if the links are working the way I'm thinking they should be working. And so, but the key thing that I really try to make sure that I, I do every single time is that every episode I ask myself, did this help Bill in any way? Is there, is there a call to action for Bill? Is there a way that Bill is going to progress? So I think so far, the biggest focus has been on improving the content and trying something that will really make it easier for Bill to just sit down and say, yes, mm -hmm. I can do that. Let me do that very quickly. So how do, you, how do you measure that though? How are you, so, how do you sit down? I mean, you, for, I mean, you haven't been doing it for very long. The good thing is, is you are going to be able to see results. Um, you're going to be able to track your results better because you have numbers, like you're getting so many episodes out, but how will you know if you're helping bill? So I, there are a few things that I look at. The first thing that I look at is the title. Um, I try titles a lot. Um, and the reason why I couldn't remember the titles is because if I see the title isn't working, I try a different one. And then I see if that's getting more people. Uh, sometimes it ups the spike in the downloads, and which is really good. So you are watching the downloads. I mean, I am watching. 
And we, we talk about that all the time, how it's like podcasting statistics are terrible. Like we have just the crappiest data, you know, but ultimately we still have to watch it. Right. So so you're you're doing titles, you're, you're looking at it, but but ultimately the statistic that you're looking at is the number of downloads. Where do you, do you do it through your host or do you have a. Through the host. Um, But I, I, it's funny because I think the more, because the host is connected to different other platforms. So I'm not even sure if it's just through the one major platform that is theirs or through the others as well. Because from what I can see uh, here is that even with with the one host that I'm using their data from, just the small changes have effect. I can see the effect on the changes. And that is what I go for. And the effect I go for is exposure. I think you mentioned there is I try to make sure that it's discoverable, uh, trying to shorten the titles and trying to make sure that the titles resonate with what Bill, what's going on in Bill's mind at that moment when they see it. That's awesome. I, I love it. And and it sounds like, you know, I always feel like a podcast is just like any other online type thing uh, where, you know, you're looking at searchability. Uh, mm. So, you know, keywords actually matter because mm. you want it to be things people actually look for, not things mm. we're guessing that they're looking for. Yeah. The yeah. titles, you don't know if they're resonating unless you have some kind of statistic to look at. Like yeah. we can love the title all day long, but <laughs> unless it's getting consumed, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so that's super, super helpful. Well, let's move a little bit into, cause I feel like we're already doing this is let's talk about what you're already doing that works. So that's part three or what, um, what has what have been the most effective ways that you've attracted listeners in so far? I think um, it, knowing my voice has helped. Knowing my message, I saw a big difference once I got clear on myself on what exactly I was trying to do, and I saw a significant uh, spike in exponentials. You know, the curve went from almost steady straight to skyrocketing up, which was strange because I didn't understand the process, but I understood how it felt to communicate to them. Because I think at the beginning, there's a little struggle of you inside and your message coming out. And then later on, as I got clear, as I, as I refined who I'm talking to, as I refined what uh, I'm trying to give them, uh, it spiked up uh, in terms of the numbers of listeners and it's so that was a num you know it was an inter- a small messaging you know keeping track of the messaging but an improve in numbers which was a correlation thing there that i didn't see coming but it's it proves to the you know the more you publish the experience you get seems to be doing much better well and as you're talking about the message one thing i talk about all the time is what Uh, I call the audience promise. So understanding and communicating to your actual audience early in the show, which is, you know, Hey, this is who I'm talking to. uh, And this is, if you keep listening to my show, this is what you're going to get out of it. Like this is the transformation that you're going to see. And what you're saying really drives that home because you're saying like, as soon as I started getting clear about what it is that they're going to be listening to and what it is that they're going to get out of it and how Bill's going to feel afterwards, <laughs> then that's what you saw. You saw that because as you're, the more you're able to hang on to listeners, 
then you're adding to it because you're still yeah. getting new listeners. So mm-hmm. you're not having mm-hmm. to go reinvent the wheel every time. Instead, yeah. you've got that that group that's sticking with you and then still adding those other adding. people in. So that's really good. I have to say, um, so I also like to know about the branding. Uh, a lot of times with podcasting, it gets a little bit ignored. And I first, I just want to say, like, I really like your um, Herbert's Marketing Help brand. And I appreciate that you brought the colors and, um, you know, kind of the, maybe not the exact font, but kind of the feel of the font or maybe the exact font. I, I don't know. I'm kind of comparing your, um, cover art with, with the rest of it, but it's really consistent. Uh, and I, I really, uh, like it. So, and then I like too that you use a lot of the images of your guests. So how, how do you feel about your branding? Uh, it's something that I, I am, uh, I am, somewhat happy but I also worry does Bill how does Bill feel about it I had an an internal conflict the other day about this where I was wondering wait a second Bill is used to seeing blue websites how does he feel about an orange website (laughs) because yeah (laughs) the other thing is I think there is such thing as too much consideration I wonder I don't know yeah I also feel like I, you, you, you tell me any opinion because I went my my opinion is yeah. that Bill just got home and he's like oh how refreshing orange <laughs> you know <laughs> I feel like it's not too much of a I mean orange isn't that unusual in your space and so okay. it's not so disruptive that he's like oh now you're just and, you know, you're stressing me out because I have like this whole new color. You know, if you use like eight colors or something, I think I would be, I, I like it. I th- I don't think you need, don't do blue. Everybody does blue. Um, yeah, you know, not- it's just like book covers. I, mm-hmm. I wrote a book years back and I remember my consultant was like, you know, we were developing the cover and she was saying, you want the cover to look like it belongs on the same shelf as the other books, but you want it to stand out. And I feel like yes. that's kind of the line you're trying to walk where you're mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I, I know he's just used to seeing blue, but is it okay that we're, we've got orange. And I would just say like, <laughs> your book looks like it belongs on the shelf. <laughs> okay, so awesome. I wouldn't worry too much about it. And I could be wrong, but that you know, I, I think that, um, it wouldn't get you new results in 30 days. So I wouldn't yeah, probably yeah. put that as a priority yeah, absolutely. Uh, down the road. If you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, you see something that just inspires you, but I like it. I think, um, I, I don't know. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, I like it as well. Like I think, <laughs> hopefully Bill likes it, but yeah, I bet he yeah. does. Well, he's yeah. going to like it. And honestly, you know, uh, in fact, um, I need to, I used to have this at the beginning of my interview and I need to add it back in, but I always say like, um, you know, when you're famous, anything that I tell you doesn't matter because you're famous. Like you could just show up. You don't have to have a logo. You just start mm-hmm. talking. Mm-hmm. You could talk for four hours and people are going to listen to you. Like, it just doesn't mm-hmm. matter. All mm-hmm. the rules are thrown out the door. Yeah. Um, now, since, I mean, are you famous? I'm not. Are you famous? <laughs> I'm not famous. Okay. Yet. Okay. So, <laughs> so, okay. So the regular rules apply. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is still what 
is, I mean, it's so cliche, but content really is king. Mm. So Mm. I do believe branding is super important Mm. in the sense that your messaging, you Mm. know, like when people are listening to you, if they see your logo, they shouldn't be shocked. Like it should feel like, like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. You know, Um, that's how I felt. You know, I listened to your show and then I saw Mm. your branding. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It wasn't, it didn't attack my senses or anything. Um, And so I think, you know, focusing on the content, we'll, we'll talk about the priority things, but I think, um, you know, you've got branding, that's a Mm. big step in the right direction, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and it, and it's not too disruptive. One thing I wanted to ask you about too, is your blog. I see that you have a blog. Is that, are those articles that you just write independently or are, is your podcast content built into that? So I call it a blog, but I really should call it a podcast, uh, you know, the notes that came from the podcast, because even trying to edit it into a blog is a little bit tedious. So sometimes I leave it as because when you've interviewed guests and the way, you know, the way content comes out, sometimes it's much better natural. It's different from audio than the way we write. And so it's really is just notes from the episodes uh, of, of the podcast. But uh that yeah. makes me really happy, actually. So uh, because uh, there was a study that was done by N- a joint study by NPR and Edison Research, and they said mm-hmm. that most people find their shows from just a web search. And so what that oh, means okay. is they're going online, they're finding a topic, they're going to find mm-hmm. your blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me just take I'm going to take a look at an episode. So if you hear some, I don't think yours plays automatically. No, it doesn't. So the only thing and we'll. I mean, I'm just going to say this right now instead of formally waiting until my take, but um, just I would embed the audio into it. Uh, into, the, into the notes, is it? Into the notes, like right at the top okay. where they could listen to it. Because mm. a lot of times, and I do this, and I know other people do it as well, but it's uh, if they go to your, like if they're on Google and like here, I'm looking at the two types of ideal customers. So if if someone pulls that article because they're searching for the topic, then this is going to come up. Uh, if you have a guest a lot of times, and we found this to be true with our, especially with our podcast breakaway agent, um, is that someone will look up the person's name because they're mm-hmm. researching. Is this somebody that I can trust? Cause they were real estate agents. And then mm-hmm. our show would be on the first page and, okay. or that episode with them. And so then there you are again. Uh-huh. So what'll happen is behavior wise, people will go to that blog post. They'll kind of scroll down and they'll look and they'll read it. And then they'll have seen that there was audio. And if they're in a space where they can listen to audio, they can click go. And that's one more download. Mm -hmm. And then you're capturing that as, because it is podcast content, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's legitimate, like download that's you. Mm -hmm. So you want to be tracking. And then also, um, you know, that just keeping in mind, uh, you know, without the embed, it's a little bit tough to convert them into a listener. Uh, mm. And, you know, there's, you know, make sure you've got like subscribe buttons and things like that. And let's see, uh, I do, you, I always, I always guess that it's, um, it's a, it's a Wix site, but so if, um, you know, I don't know how you should be able to add code and uh, your uh, host should provide you with that embed code, but do it right for that episode. So there's Mm. a blog post, there's the episode, make sure you've got buttons to subscribe right there. So it's nice and easy for them because Bill's busy. He doesn't have time to go look for stuff. So, um, so anyway, so I always like to bring up the blog. Um, 
normally I live in that space. Like I feel like every episode of the hot seat, I'm always like blogs, blogs, blogs. And I don't want to like understate it. And I, there's no way I can overstate it, but the blog is the number one thing. So no matter what I tell you after as your number one thing, I would say the blog, just make sure to optimize that so that you're able to capture and convert more of the people who arrive there. And then also, do you have a social media strategy with this or do you use social media in conjunction with your podcast? So it's something that I tried earlier on, but it's something that I really struggle with social media. I I envy people who have that, um, uh, I don't know what to call it. Is it patience or (laughs) resonance in social media? I don't know. I I. I wish I could lie, but every time I go on a social media platform, I come out so stressful after 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I totally, am, I totally uh, feel you. Aside from LinkedIn, all these other platforms just feels like they're going to, it's like they're draining the energy and the <laughs> life out of me. It's like, can I have my time back now, please? And can I unknow what I just saw? Like, <laughs> no, I totally, I totally understand. And I think there's a huge uh, transition happening on social media. I think that a lot of marketers are going to be giving different advice in the next few months based on behavior over the last few months is my, that's my prediction, but we'll see. So, um, but I do do tweeters. So what I do is I take snippets of my audio. I turn them into a little video audiograms and then I upload them on Twitter and sometimes on my Facebook page. And so I try to do that and you, you, one of the things I can say is I'm just, social media is just, <laughs> that's just my nemesis. That's, that's just I my don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. Okay. I, I, Most people I talk to hate social media. In fact, um, I always say busy people make the best podcasters and busy, like Bill probably doesn't like social media. So Um, but he probably likes LinkedIn. So if I were you, I'd make sure to, you know, the snippets that you're already making, just using it, just instead of going straight to Twitter, just do it Mm. on a scheduler and that way you Mm. don't have to look at it's one way, you know, and when you're doing social media, it's better to be two way. Like if you want to get the most out of it, however, Mm. being on social media is better than not. And Mm. be sure to include a link to that episode on your blog. So every time you post on social media, it just goes straight to your blog. And since you know that uh, on your blog, you'll have all these links of where they can hear that episode on Mm. their favorite podcasting platform, that's where they can get the link to, to go listen to it on Apple or Spotify or any, you know, Google play, whatever they want to listen to it on. But like for us, the blog is the number one go-to. So we always use that as our link. Um, and it's always directly to the episode because Bill's busy. <laughs> so yeah, Susan's yeah, busy. Yeah. Everybody's busy. So, yeah, um, yeah. so just making it as easy as possible for them to find that content. And the same awesome. goes uh, on Twitter. So like, if you were to say, and um, if at the very least say, Hey, here's my new episode. Everybody says that, like, I don't care if I see that I will not click it. Like there is a 100% chance that if I see, Oh, here's my latest episode. I will not click it. If I hear, um, you know, Devin, your most recent uh, guest. So like, if you said, Hey, Devin just shared uh, that, you know, did you know that if you don't, have some kind of action towards a trademark in the first year, you can't get it. Click, you know, click here to listen to the rest of the episodes. So like you've given like this truth bomb and then it's like, click here. It's like, yes, I will listen to that, <laughs> you know? So there's a, a sense of urgency. And a lot of times that's why we'll, you know, I've actually found 
um, more results. You know, we spend time on doing snippets and I, and I, you know, everybody tells me video is great. So we, we include it, but I'm starting to test only using quotes. So, uh, like some piece of brilliance that my guest will say, I'll post that on there. And then I'll say, you know, put the truth bomb in the text and then boom, there's the link to the blog post. And, you know, then the user can use it however they, I don't know. I'm not supposed to be giving all my advice yet. Are you okay? That I'm like blowing up with all this. I'm perfectly okay. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. I'm enjoying these. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Okay. So there's social, I just feel like, I mean, we all hate social media, but, um, at the end of the day, people click on those links as much. Mm -hmm. I moved to Billings, Montana. So I live like in Montana in the United States, like nobody, like there's a million people in the whole state and we have this gigantic state. And, uh, when I first moved to Billings, I moved from a big city like Austin, Texas. We lived in Austin, Texas before that we lived North of Seattle. So, you know, I came from the land of technology and mm-hmm. moved to Montana where it's just cowboys and ranchers and hardworking people, which is awesome. Love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I moved here and helped people do their marketing and I was telling them to use Twitter and they're like, nobody is on Twitter. Like, stop telling me to use Twitter. And I was like, just do it. Like, trust me. Mm-hmm. And we would look at their stats and people were clicking on those links. And so that it, w- mm-hmm. that it was driving traffic. So, yeah. um, is it better to be social on social? Yes. If you hate social media and you don't want to hire a team to do it for you, at least get it out there because people mm-hmm. will click on those links and you're getting that exposure. So. Yeah. There's my little spiel on, yeah. but yeah. I'm not telling you to like, I would not make someone go on social media if they don't want to. So <laughs> my other thing is, um, my other question <clears throat> is, um, do you listen to your show? Like, do you listen to the recording after you've recorded it? Oh, yes. Um, so I okay. do do a little bit of edits. That's the first opportunity that I get to listen to. And essentially, well, when I listen, I try to do two things. One is I try to make sure that uh, the voice is clear uh, because Somehow, sometimes just the magic of the technology just doesn't work as well as we hope it does. And then the other thing I try to make sure is I try to make sure that I can refine that message if I was to do that again. So those are usually the two things that I have in my mindset when I try, well, well, when I listen. And I also do get the opportunity to listen to it once I've uploaded it to the platform to see if there's any changes. Um, And... Aside from that, that's the, those are usually the only times I haven't tried to go further out to see what exactly uh, if there's anything else into other different platforms. Well, even what you do is, I think, is ideal. Um, listening it to it after it's uploaded is the best. I don't know what it is, and maybe it's just me, but I know for myself, um, after I've published a post, after I've published my episode, that's when I notice everything. Like I'll sit and edit it and I'm like, oh, this is a piece of art. And then I'll put it out there and I'll listen to it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't yeah. even notice that that happened. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that you listen to it after it's uploaded is brilliant. I'm, I'm just really happy to hear that. It, it, does that go for, um, so do you listen to the interview versions as well? True. I do listen to the interviews version as well. Uh, one thing I can say is I'm not a very heavy editor good so even though I do podcasting I think my focus is on improving one thing at a time I don't know if if uh, so and my approach there is it's easier for me to improve the quality of content I am putting out first and I think that's also evident on the blogs uh, that I call blogs which are really notes I try to put out the content because I think editing 
could always be improved even down the line. But if the, as long as the content is there. And I found that even with the notes, some people really love it, even though I feel bad I didn't get enough time to edit it. I mean, oh, publishing yeah. every day is harder, but if you're not a writer and trying to edit blogs, the I love audio. So when it comes to writing, it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, like I, I think, like I know for us, the uh, if, if, if we interview somebody with a really big name, we'll mm. put like, I'll send it to a writer. It'll be like, mm. make this gorgeous because yeah. we're going to get some traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, it's really getting the gist of what the mm. show's about and then mm. allowing them to listen to it. And I feel yeah. like that's going to be a really good fallback for you is having mm. that embed in the links. So mm-hmm. then you could take that pressure off and just go, mm-hmm. we're good to go. So I think yeah, that that's yeah. really good. So, um, and then one <clears> thing <throat> we glossed over, I just want to kind of bring it up uh, as we're transitioning into, I'm, we're actually getting to the point where we're going to talk about, okay, here's my take on everything, even though I blabbered on a minute ago about it. But, um, I do like one of the things I usually ask that I think that you hit spot on is this idea of, uh, looking at, the engagement that you're getting with your episodes and then adjusting your content going forward. I think that that's really good. So I didn't ask that question. I always do, but I just felt like you answered it really well already that you are doing that. You are already editing it based on what's happening. True. Yeah. 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 I, I, I do. I do. I do do that. I do my best to try and make sure that, okay, if that wasn't good, don't panic. Just the next one, mm-hmm. be conscious of that. And then Let's make it better. Let's make it yeah. better. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So uh, w- one thing that I that I asked you before, like I said, and we mentioned this earlier, is where you want to go with your show is that you want to connect small businesses that want to scale with experts and resources to help them succeed. Hmm. Um, what do you think is standing between you and fulfilling that vision for your show right now? I think there's a... There's this thing that um, I learned it once when I first got started into this, that that is once you have, it's easier to scale big when you have a significant amount of customers because it's easier to leverage what you already have to go even bigger. But starting is always the difficult part. And I think um, even with listeners, I think one of, you know, getting the message out so that when they'll hear it, they feel like, you know, that's resonates with me. I think I'm getting closer to that, but I also feel that as I get closer to that, I am also getting closer to reaching, you know, the threshold of the number of people that once you hit, I don't know exactly if there's a magic number, but I feel like there's at, at one point, it just becomes easier to keep growing over and over and over. And so the key thing that is standing in my way, I think is getting that publicity, getting that, sometimes I'm wondering, are people seeing my episode? Are they visual? Should I try a different picture? Should I try what titles do? So I am always obsessed with titles because one thing I'm really seeing is a small change in a title can really mean significant. And sometimes a title will make so much sense in my head, but it Bill completely misses it. (laughs) And then I'm like, what happened? This was so important. And so I try to keep all those things in mind as I built up, but I think uh, it's really, ultimately, it's really just getting to a significant number that will allow um, 
any more content because it's like you said, right? You're building, once you've built up that base of customers, then you're just adding up. And I think at one point you have inspired even the ones that you already have to share, mm-hmm. you know, to, to talk about it, to keep going back and reusing it, the content, seeing how they can apply it. I think once I hit that critical stage where enough people keep coming back because the content is that much good for them, it's that much applicable to them, then I think I would have hit a key point where in, I think it's a point of no return. Is that what I call it? I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's getting there. It's getting to that specific yeah. place. Yeah. So momentum is is magic. I mean, it really, really is. And I think yeah. that's what you're talking about is yeah, once you yeah. get that momentum, it's yeah. going to be a freight train. The nice thing I like about podcasting too is it, it lasts forever. So like what you're doing now, it it doesn't go away. Even if you stop doing your podcast, which I know you won't, but that still, like I have podcasts I haven't done in years and people will send me a request to be on the show. And I'm like, I haven't recorded for three years, but all right, you know, (laughs) but no, actually, (laughs) but it's cool because it's out there. It's like content Mm. that's relevant to what I'm doing now still. Mm. And so, so what you're doing now will it lasts. So that Mm. is, that is kind of the cool thing. So, um, yeah. So before you came on the show, I promised you two things. One, I would be prepared. Mm-hmm. And two, that I would give you one actionable step that will get you results in the three days. So mm-hmm. to do that, I want to share with you, number one, what you're really strong at. Number two, just some general areas that I see some opportunity, not anything, not all of them are even priorities, but just kind of mm-hmm. ob- observations. Mm-hmm. And then number three is what I, I always say, like if I was boss of the world and I can make you do one thing, it would be the one thing that I, that I would say will get you results in the mm-hmm. next 30 days. Is it okay if I share that with you now? Please, please. Yes. Okay. And to everybody who's listening, I just want you to know, I don't know if you can feel it. You probably can, because I know when I'm listening to shows, I can feel stuff like this. You know, I've, I've done a lot of these episodes and at the time that we're recording this, I still haven't released any. So, um, so I'm myself kind of learning with this and I just want to give so much value that I end up doing, you know, way, I'm probably, you're probably listening. just like, you're doing way more work than you need to. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I promised one thing, but I end up talking about a hundred. Mm-hmm. It's really tiring. So by the mm-hmm. end of this, by the time we get here, it's really normal to feel like, oh my gosh, you know, wow, I'm tired. Are we done yet? You know, I, I can feel it, but, um, this is really the time that we're transitioning into like, okay, uh, we'll, we'll talk about what we just talked about. And then there's just one thing. And so I loved it when you said that in your show, when you're listening, you just, if you just had one thing that you wanted to improve, it made me really happy. Cause I feel like we can, you know, 10 ideas don't help, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that's why yeah. I have like, these are my observations and I just have to share them with you. So, because sometimes just one will resonate and we yes. have a bunch of listeners. So it's like, what if that was the one thing that they're like, Oh my gosh, they I could do it. that. Yeah, so like your yeah. one thing might not be their one thing, yes. but then at least there's some takeaways that we can all hear and, mm. and use. So, and we, you know, truth be told, as we all know, I just shared a whole bunch of stuff. So blog posts, we all know about that social media. We all know about that. So, um, there are four P's to preeminence. Like we mentioned, we're going to talk about preeminence. So one of it is you have to know your purpose, which is why we talked about your why. So know your purpose, know your people is the second really dial into your audience messaging. So don't just know them, but really understand what does Bill want to hear? (laughs) Like, Mm. does he care about this? Mm. Um, And who is Bill? 
Um, and then who is your bill? Uh, optimize number three is optimize the promotion of the show. So we talked earlier, in fact, about your blog posts. So, you know, that's something you're already doing. It wouldn't take, I mean, literally very minor change and suddenly it's opened up a whole nother world of possibilities. So really taking, what is it that you enjoy doing? Where do you see your people? And then optimizing that. And then the fourth thing is earn the proceeds or profit to pay for help. Because I know early in the show, you mentioned that, you know, no one else can do it. Like you can, nobody, um, has your voice, but the fact of the matter is there are things that can be, delegated. And I know you did do uh, an episode on virtual assistance, I believe, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. to outsource or not to outsource. Yeah, and, yeah. and while nobody will ever care about what you're doing as much as you will, like that is a solid truth. So as mm-hmm. you're leading people, you have to understand that and not judge them for that because mm-hmm. it's just never going to happen. Like mm-hmm. you can, you can bring people on board and they can have a passion for it, but it will never match. And it should never match your passion for it. Mm-hmm. However, there are tasks that can be delegated and that, you know, we just talked about a uh, purple purpose, people, promotion, promotions, a huge part that can be delegated, especially mm-hmm. when you have systems. So that, uh, that's, that's what I'm basing. Whatever I'm going to say from here on out are based on those four things. So first so are you ready, Herbert? Like, are we good to go? I'm going to move oh, into yes, this absolutely. next part. Okay. So number one, I feel like you're strong in a lot of areas. Now, you have such a great story. Uh, while I'm listening to you, you know, it's as a podcaster, you probably do this too, where you're just always uh, dissecting like what's working, what's not like we're hearing the content, but we're also like, oh, well, that's an interesting way to start your show or, you know, and I liked how your show went, you know, I thought the flow was really good. Yes. Um, I like how you talk. Um, people like you, like it's obvious as, as you're engaging with them that they really like you. Um, I, I like that you have a blog that made me really, really happy and you have a lot of words. So sometimes I'll go to people's blogs and they don't have enough words. So it's really not going to help a lot with SEO. And so I was like, I don't care what it says, give me an embed. And then I'll just look at a little bit and then, you know, click play from there. I, I, and like I mentioned earlier, I do like your branding a lot. Um, and I think for right, I think there's going to come a time where probably you'll, you'll kind of retool the cover art and maybe incorporate, uh, you know, I don't know if you're already doing it, but like episodic, uh, cover art as well, but I, that's just not a priority. So I wouldn't even worry about it. I think what you're doing is awesome. I also like that you already do what you're teaching. So it's like, you've accomplished something. Therefore you have something to share that's valuable. And so it shows in your guests, you know, it seems like they're really knowledgeable. You're asking them really good questions that are relevant to people growing, um, growing their business. So there's just, there's a lot that you're doing really, really well. So now I'm going to share some areas of opportunity. So just so you know, like I'm living in the space. I love your show. I think it's awesome. And sometimes, and and I talked about this before the show, where sometimes I get on to this part and we're starting at square one. So we're really talking about like, dude, you need a logo, you know? (laughs) And I feel like you've just done so much, you know? And so we're starting at this place where you're doing all these things great, but this is, you know, how to maybe get it to the next level without as much effort. Um, so one thing is, you know, um, I I first want to talk about the content of the show and this is only because usually I don't even go into this part, but I just feel like your message is clear. Uh, your voice is great. People love you already, but how can you optimize that? Like, how can you turn Mm. it from like 
a little, it's kind of like when you're famous, you don't have to, like, you can skip rules and I feel like you're really nice and you have a great story. So like mm. people yeah, are like, yeah, they're yeah. kind of <laughs> like, okay, that was a little bit weird, but okay, we'll just keep talking, you know? Mm, mm, and mm. so, um, so just a couple, and I, and you know, I, I sample. So beforehand I'll sample episodes. And so I may have misinterpreted too. So feel free just to be like, Hey, that's, you know, this is actually not how it looks. So feel free to just share that too. But, um, do you have a script going into your show? So I have what I call not a script, but I have what I call, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like an outline framework. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Framework. Okay. So, uh, so what I do is, and, 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 uh, it's, it's interesting that we are talking about this because I'm actually trying to explore a different type of framework where I start with a story to get my readers invested emotionally to care enough to take that action. Because, um, I use this framework when I am creating podcasts with my own content, and then I have a different script plus framework when I'm interviewing guests. And what I found is when I stick to this, it's easier and faster to create content, but it's also consistent with what, uh, you know, the, the content that Bill is going to digest, because otherwise it's so easy to rumble uh, yeah. off with a microphone. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, and I didn't like, I didn't hear any of the rambling that okay. isn't even my feedback at all. Um, okay. Okay. So, I, and I think the framework, you can play with it. I, I thought it was really comfortable. Actually, I liked uh, the the line of conversation, like it felt good. It felt natural. Like, oh, okay. Now we're talking about this. Okay. And then it just felt like you progressed, you know, you mm. didn't just land in one spot and go, oh, okay, let's talk about this for a half an hour, which I'm not a huge fan of. I'm, I like, like, I'm going to give you three points and you're going to learn yeah. how to like, your yeah. life is going to change. And, mm. but mm. yet yeah, you need that warmness and that connection. Mm. So mm. as a host, I don't think people realize how difficult of a balance that is to mm. have an agenda, but mm. still keep it a conversation. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and the reason I asked about a script is it felt a little bit like, um, uh, it was almost like, I could feel it. Like I could almost feel it when it was like, okay, the now the next question, you know, I mean, I just a little bit ah, felt like, Oh, that yeah, felt weird. Okay, okay. And so just, um, segueing into things versus, and sometimes, I mean, and I do it too, where it's like, okay, I could talk about this all day. I'm going to mm. move on to the next topic yeah, and then we'll yeah, talk about yeah, the next yeah. topic. Okay. Um, but I would just say, you're very warm and personable. So trying to get that kind of a feeling out of it. And honestly, like if, if there was just one thing, uh, uh, format wise, like I wouldn't even mess with the framework yet. I would work on that. I would just work on oh, like, okay. how can I transition from one to the next and make it from stay connected? Because what I was ah. feeling a little bit was like, um, the, the guest wants to be connected to you mm. and you are naturally connected, but then it felt a little bit like, like, mm. okay mm. you know read the next question yes, kind yes. of thing. yes I know what I know what you mean yeah I have been conscious of that and it's I think it's one of those things as well where I don't know if this would be the right word but practice makes perfect as well yes. I think it's going to be one of those things that the more interviews I get I'm going to get comfortable enough to accept any mistakes that may happen mm -hmm. knowing that we are still going to be on track I can still bring them back because one of the few things that I'm testing, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because 
I'm testing between interviewing for 30 minutes because I know Bill is busy between mm. 30 minutes and 40 minutes. And my guests are so passionate. They are very passionate entrepreneurs who want to help. And I don't want to stop them. I can't yeah. stop them. <laughs> I know. I know. I literally don't want to stop them. And so when they start talking all this and I have a list of questions that I know Bill really love answers to. So I'm pulled between the questions that I want answers and the stories that the guests have to share and the timing of the podcast, because mm-hmm. I'm worried if I make it too long, is yeah. it is it okay for Bill? Is it not? Because if it's too yeah. long, people just say, ah, no. Yeah, exactly. Right? exactly. And so I'm trying to pull that. But the questions is something that I definitely have. And I'm glad that you gave me that feedback because it's something that uh, I think if I could say it in my own words, it's I am comfortable talking to people. But as soon as you bring a microphone, I am not only I'm not only talking to the person in front of me now. I have to be conscious of the fact that Bill is there, and I'm trying to make sure that he feels that we respect his time mm-hmm. and the guest's time and all this. So I think it's gonna be a practice. The more I mm-hmm. practice, I think well, the better it's gonna get. Is it or is there a specific yeah. way? There's there's one other way. Like there's one mm. thing that I was I was gonna say that I think will help you. Also, it's practice, but. Mm. I, one thing you totally hit on the head. It's like, you just have to let yourself screw up. Like you just have mm. to let yourself go like, and how many times I did tell that to you? It's like, I could talk to you about this all day, but yeah, I, yeah. I promised you that I would give you something else. And so mm, we have mm, to mm, stick mm, with mm. that kind of a thing. Mm. Um, and so just give yourself permission to say things awkwardly, because I feel mm. like if it's you saying it awkwardly, mm. it feels less awkward than if Absolutely. it's you, you know, kind of feeling like you're reading, you've disconnected yeah. the other. Okay. So this is the, this is one thing that might help, um, is that you need to trust your questions. Mm. So I'd rather that you had like five questions, you know, four or five questions and that's it. And you just trusted them so much. Um, and don't explain them. Like, don't tell them, like, I'm going to ask you this because like, because if you just ask, like, if you're like, and I do this a lot and sometimes I win and sometimes I lose, like sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm telling them like, this is what I'm trying to get out of you. Yeah. yeah. But if you ask it open-ended, you just have to trust that, um, that they're going to, you might have to ask a follow-up question, but guess what? That's awesome. Right? Like having Mm -hmm. a really good follow-up question is good. And the other thing is that as you're asking open-ended and not like, I don't know how many times I've literally bit my tongue. Like, don't tell them why, like, just ask the question because they know their topic better than you. That's why you have them on their show. And then the other thing is that it takes less time and, um, it's going to make it more conversational versus feeling like we're listening to a list of questions, if that Mm. makes sense. Mm. Um, and Oh, there's another thing I was going to mention, but, but that's, that's the bottom line is just, um, just trust your questions. Um, and I just a little bit felt too, like we were behind the scenes. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So, um, you are so like, and I heard this in your show, like you are so audience, like I care about you. You're like my most important person in the world right now, but your guests should be your most important person in the world. Because what that does is it, demonstrates that when you're with somebody, that's everything. And Uh, Bill is going to look at you and go, I love how he's treating his guests. mm -hmm. Like, I just love that. And, um, so I just give you permission that yes, acknowledge your guests throughout Mm -hmm. and say, you know, at the beginning you have, you know, give them the audience promise. This is, you know, Hey, I know I'm talking to you and I know that 
you know, this is what you're struggling with. And this is how you're going to feel. Keep listening to my show. Like Mm -hmm. every show you hear, this is where we're headed. And then Bill's gonna be like, thank you. I'm glad that you're, you know, it's like, I'm the leader and this is Mm -hmm. where the map Mm -hmm. goes. And Mm -hmm. then Bill's like, I trust you with my time, you know, Mm -hmm. because you know Mm -hmm. where you're taking me and then, then trust your questions. And then, um, your guest is really, the star of the moment. Um, so yeah, I just give you permission absolutely. to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. do that. <laughs> I okay. mean, I don't know who I am to do that. Was that helpful? No, that was perfectly helpful because I think uh, it's something that has never occurred to me. Uh, I do try to give the the guest, you know, the stage, but yeah. at the same time, I don't know. Um, this might be actually a very good time for me to ask for feedback. Do I come across as nervous? Because sometimes there is this thing where I'm thinking, did I come across as nervous on that episode interviewing? Like, I know I wasn't, but sometimes it's, we are limited. We're only hearing ourselves through audio, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'm wondering, did I allow the guest? Because between, like I said, between balancing the time, balancing the content and making sure that there's a key takeaway for Bill without going overly uh, on board, overboard on time. Now, one thing I wanted to ask here is as a feedback, do I, I think you mentioned there that, um, you know, allowing myself, you know, to, to, to really allow myself to mess up, but also realizing it's okay, we can correct it. I wonder, does the audio come out tense when you're listening to the interview? Because I know the interview are the new part for the show where, you know, the attention is now moving a little bit from hey, Bill, now it's no longer too much about you. We have somebody who can give you something else more valuable. Let's give them, you know, the spotlight. And so I'm wondering, does it come across as nervous or does it come across as, what would you say is the is the key emotions there that could be switched to? What emotion could be switched to? Because you said confidence is one of them. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if I would categorize what it sounded like as being nervous. Mm. Um, it didn't, um, I guess. Okay. Let me just say too, Mm. when I said, let yourself make mistakes, Mm. I wouldn't worry about fixing them. I mean, later you'll fix them. Like it's just constant improvement. Mm. I I don't believe in a fix. Like, I just feel Mm. like it's just a motion into who you're becoming as Mm. a podcaster. Mm. And as you've said, there are like a hundred things you're having to think about at the same time. Mm. You know, I mean, just like I told you, I mean, this interview is running over, (laughs) you know, I mean, I've never run over on interviews. So I totally understand. Like you're constantly Mm -hmm. in this like balancing act. Like Uh, I, I do, I I build my show for the audience. Like my show is built for the audience. Hmm. When I'm with my guest, my guest is all I care about at the time, except that I have to pop in and go, okay, audience, this is, we're talking about all this. It sounds like all I care about is the guest, but however, Mm. you're really what I built this for. Like, this is all for you, (laughs) you know? Um, But when it comes to fixing, you know, my mom, she was an artist, right? Mm-hmm. Like just brilliant, creative artist. And mm-hmm. I'm very like, it, it kills me to go over time. Like, I, I don't know if you have any idea. Like I, I like everything to be just right. I don't like mm-hmm. typos. Like I'll beat myself up for all day. If I have a typo in a post or something like it just drives me crazy, mm-hmm. but my mom always. And so when I would draw, I love art too. So mm-hmm. I would draw, I'm really creative. And so I remember being little and I would just draw these things, but I would freak out if I made a mistake. Like if Mm -hmm. I was drawing a horse and I, the leg was in the wrong spot, like I would, 
I just could barely handle it. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom coming in. I was like, I don't have a, I don't have an eraser. And I was just all upset. And she's mm-hmm. like, I don't, I'm not getting you an eraser. Mm-hmm. She said, I, you're not, there's no fixes. Like your, that line got you to where you are in this drawing, figure out how it's part of the drawing, you know? And mm-hmm. I feel like that was such good advice. Um, and it's funny cause my mom is not into business at all. <laughs> like she lives vicariously through me, but I just, it's so interesting how now that's such a big part of growth and business. It's what Mm. it's mindset, you know, it just plays Mm. a part in everything. And so I just, you know, if I were to say anything, I would just say like, when you draw a line, make it work in your show. Like that's just part of your growth. And, um, you know, you're human. And one thing I like about podcasting and why I was excited that you like, you said you lightly edit is because podcasting is more raw. Right. And so like for our show, when we do a YouTube video, we'll edit it. So we'll be like, okay, cut this part out. Cause Mm. you know, I just went off about my mom, you know, drawing, like we don't need that in there. And, and so (laughs) we'll just cut it down a lot more aggressively, but we do the podcast. It's just like, there's a fast forward 15 seconds, like just Mm. hit that. If I'm boring, like (laughs) we're going to get to the part at at the end. So like hit that until it's like, Oh, she finally stopped talking. I can hear the (laughs) other person's voice, you know? So it's just nice. We have that kind of room. So I would just say, just let it, just let it. Mm. And, and the things that you're focused on, I feel like are the right things. Mm. Just stick with it. Um, whether or not you sounded confident, I just wouldn't zone in on that. I would just forget about it. I would just be like, you know, I trust my questions. Mm. I'll listen to it later. If I need to, sometimes I'll hear a question and I'll hear the answer. And I try to keep my questions the same for at Mm. least five interviews. And then I'll be like, okay, I'm not getting the answer at all. Like I'm asking this badly, (laughs) you know, and I'll change it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's, and that's just what you do. You just kind of, because, um, ultimately in your show, you want the same outcome. And each guest has a different perspective. So they're going to answer it differently. And Mm. I, one of the things, actually, I don't even know if I got to that. One thing you're really strong at are your follow-up questions. So I really liked it. It showed you're listening to what you're, because I felt like, oh my gosh, this is totally scripted. And then I was like, whoa, but he's like listening to everything Mm. the the Mm. guest Mm. is saying. So, Mm. and that, and that shine through because your follow-up questions were so incredibly good. So I just, um, I'm just glad that you listened to your show. You've already, these were things that weren't news to you. So um, I would just say, if anything, just be brave enough to just trust it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, because you connect really well already with people. Awesome. Um, awesome. Any questions on that before I give my, if I was boss of the world. <laughs> no, I enjoyed that. Thank you. I really enjoyed that. No, it's just, I think I was very self-conscious. You know, sometimes we become self-conscious, like especially if you don't really get other feedback from people listening on your show on your end. You know, I think uh, as a broadcaster, you are really talking to people, but it's very rarely do people come back to you unless after you've developed enough, then they start coming back to you. So it's just yeah. some questions running back at the back of my head sometimes, you know? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I totally <laughs> know what you're saying. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, and ultimately you're speaking to your audience by example a lot mm-hmm. and on mm-hmm. their behalf. Like I always feel like I'm yeah. on their behalf, you know, like mm-hmm. I can imagine 
Bill listening to the show right now. And, um, you, you could even play that off. Like I have a coach and he's like, you know, you overshare, you should just tell people that like, just, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. because, yes. and so you just like where, who you are, where, where you're mm-hmm. at, because then mm-hmm. everyone's going to trust you more because you're mm-hmm. showing your vulnerabilities. I mean, mm-hmm. um, even like being on this show, I always, mm-hmm. I, I, I literally get ready for these and I'm like, I can't believe people are coming on and let me just tell them like, <laughs> what I would change about their show. <laughs> like, I seriously, and, and I know, and in fact, I get really, at first I was a wreck. Like I was sick beforehand. I was like, what if I don't give them any ideas? But then I always get into this mode and I'm like, I'm going to have ideas. My problem yeah. is like the one thing, because again, mm. it's like, we can, we can have 10 great ideas of how to improve our show, but also how to get more listeners. And I would say at the end of the day, if I was boss of the world, I would just say, trust yourself. You're already doing the content really well. I would focus on that content piece mm. to where you're 100% confident of like I can, I can mess up and I think it's just as a successful show and I can do it great and think it's just as a successful show because then, um, it's just like when you're doing ads, when you're placing ads online, you don't want to put a bunch of money behind something that you don't know is working already. Hmm. And so this is kind of like that, where it's like, look at the content. Um, just feel like, honestly, you barely have to like, you almost don't have to change anything other than just trusting yourself. And then you can be like, okay, now I'm going to embed all the things on the blog. And now I'm going to use a scheduler to do my social media so I can Mm -hmm. put it out on four, you know, platforms and, uh, with the same amount of effort. So was that helpful? That was very, very helpful. Yes. Thank you. Okay, good. Very helpful. Well, thank you so much. And um, again, we have Herbert Innocent and he can be found. Let me, I'm scrolling all over the place because I was looking at my, at my notes, but he can be found at virtualentrepreneurshipwebsite.com. Is that the best place for people to find you? That is uh, the where best else place. Uh, I mean, if they go to social media, it's going to be very <laughs> difficult as I try to minimize all the time. I mean, I'm, I, I am on LinkedIn, but... Uh, Herbert Innocent is as a full name, but I think the virtualentrepreneurswebsite.com is the best place. I respond um, to any inquiries and emails that comes about the virtualentrepreneurswebsite.com. And, you know, the goal is always to be, to make sure there's enough access. Well, ultimately, if you go to that website, you can also see his podcast. Yeah, you can find the podcast episodes, click on podcast, his blog, which is awesome. I also recommend doing that. You can hear examples of what we were just talking about. Again, in the show notes, I'll be uh, including links to the blog posts for the episodes that we mentioned earlier as well. And again, um, you can go to the virtual entrepreneur podcast on any of your favorite platforms and find him there before we go. Is there anything else you'd like to share with anybody, anything that I didn't ask that you'd like to mention? I just want to take this opportunity to actually thank you. Um, I honestly enjoyed this interview. I, I, I did. Um, I think it's, it's an opportunity to share a small part of me that's important. Uh, I find podcasts to be really important to be uh, something that resonates with me. So thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your show, to be a guest and to share my message with your audience and yourself as well. 
Oh, I'm so glad you did. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Like I said, it's kind of like, feels like a train wreck half the time, but it's such a blast. It's really my favorite thing to do if you yeah, can't tell. And I know. you've I just been tell. delightful. I can tell. You're, you're radiating. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. Aww. Well, and, and having you on, I, I know it's, you know, taken a good portion of your time and, and you're busy too. So I appreciate you taking that time. Uh, thanks for everybody who is listening Don't forget, don't be average, be brave, take action and make that magic happen. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening and happy podcasting.